Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for joining us for today's update on the Alberta wildfires. We'll begin with updates from Bree Hutchinson from the Alberta Emergency Management Agency and Christy Tucker from Alberta Wildfire. Then we'll take questions from the media. Go ahead, Bree. Good afternoon. Thank you for joining us today. I want to start by thanking everyone who has changed their plans for the long weekend. Your efforts in following direction from local officials, obeying evacuation orders, and following voluntary campground restrictions have helped considerably in the fight against the wildfires. I'd like to remind Albertans that the wildfire situation remains highly volatile across Alberta, but we are hopeful that there is some relief in sight. Cooler temperatures and scattered precipitation have started to settle into the province and will continue through today and Tuesday. While it is not the sustained soaking rain we so desperately need, it will provide some relief to firefighters who've been working tirelessly to respond to this emergency. Despite the forecast, it is important for all Albertans to remain vigilant, especially those who live in areas that remain under evacuation alert. For those Albertans who have been evacuated, I want to thank you for your patience and for keeping your friends, neighbours and loved ones as safe as possible. Alberta continues to be under a provincial state of emergency and the Provincial Emergency Coordination Centre remains at a level 4. The fire danger continues to be rated very high to extreme in northern Alberta and rated high to very high along the eastern slopes of the Rockies. There are currently 22 states of local emergency five band council resolutions, and an estimated 10,872 Albertans who remain evacuated at this time. 13 reception centres are open for affected areas, and the total number of evacuation orders now stands at 16. We know that Albertans continue to have questions about the status of specific wildfires in their communities and other issues related to wildfires and the supports available. I want to reiterate that there are a number of places to go for accurate, up-to-date information, including our telephone town halls, which will be held again tonight at 7.30 p.m. The telephone town halls bring together wildfire and emergency management leaders and officials from across government to answer questions on a variety of emerging topics. To learn more about these calls or to listen online, visit alberta.ca slash emergency. The Alberta government website is also a good source of information on other wildfire-related topics, such as financial supports, the latest evacuation orders, and information on community reentry. A reminder to anyone living in a community on evacuation alert, please ensure you are prepared to leave your home quickly. A few simple actions, like gathering medications and fueling up vehicles, can make the evacuation process that much easier. There is a detailed list in alberta.ca slash be prepared that outlines all the steps needed to be well prepared in case of evacuation. Also, I would like to remind all evacuated Albertans to register either at their nearest reception centre or online at emergencyregistration.alberta.ca. Registering helps ensure you receive the latest updates and information in the most timely manner. Lastly, I want to remind Albertans to stay inside when the air quality index is poor. Alberta continues to experience very poor air quality in many areas of the province, with an air quality index of 10 plus in some communities. This means that strenuous activities outdoors should be avoided and ideally, ideally rescheduled until air quality improves. Alberta Health Services has excellent information at albertahealthservices.ca regarding air quality information and how to best protect one's health. Please stay safe and continue to follow updates on the wildfire situation across the province. 
As this long weekend comes to a close, I want to thank Albertans for pulling together to obey fire bans, restrictions, and evacuation orders. Be clear that your efforts in following directions from local officials and first responders have been key to positively impacting our ability to respond to this wildfire emergency. I'll now invite Christy to provide an update on behalf of Alberta Wildfire. Thank you, Bree. <clears throat> there are 81 wildfires in the forest protection area of Alberta. 23 of those are out of control. So far this year, we have responded to 512 wildfires, burning more than 945,000 hectares. It's been mentioned before that this is an extraordinary wildfire season. In fact, it's our most active spring on record. Alberta has now surpassed the last record in 2019 when we had burned 615,000 hectares. Part of what makes this wildfire season unusual is the number of large-scale wildfires burning across the province. Those fires were fed by very hot, dry conditions and strong winds, which caused them to grow in a short amount of time. But we've made progress on our strategies to help protect communities from those wildfires. This long weekend has been less active than anticipated with the conditions that were forecast. The smoke in the air led to weaker wildfire behavior, particularly in the morning when it was cooler. Most of the areas of the province have now seen rain, lower temperatures, and higher humidity, all of which will help firefighters gain ground on these wildfires. There are nearly 2,900 firefighters and support staff from 17 different agencies fighting fire in Alberta. In addition, there are many more municipal and county emergency services departments out there taking care of their communities. I know we're all relieved to see some rain today, and we hope for more to come. It will offer firefighters a chance to make real progress on controlling these fires. Thank you. Thank you, Christy. We will begin with uh, questions on the phone. I don't believe there are any questions from media in the room. Operator, are there any questions uh, from reporters on the line? Operator, are there any questions from reporters? Operator? Stand by, please. Okay, operator, no questions from reporters? Uh, we do have a couple questions in queue. Okay, can you put the first one through? All right, our first caller is uh, Slab Cornick, Global. Please go ahead. Hi. Yeah, we spoke to a resident today from the High Prairie uh, Métis Settlement expressing concerns um, regarding provincial health in the community, uh, basically saying that they've reached out to the province to get more uh, help, particularly um, equipment. I'm just wondering if there are any plans to provide additional uh, help from the province for the community of High Prairie. Thank you. 
Um, are you speaking of East Prairie Métis Settlement? Oh, sorry. Yes, East Prairie. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. I will let Bree address some of uh, that, but I can speak to some of the firefighting uh, resources that are on that fire at the moment. Uh, we have 56 firefighters and uh, four heavy equipment groups um, working on the, the fire near East Prairie Métis Settlement. Um, it is classified technically as out of control, and it has burned 92,742 hectares. Uh, crews have been working on the northwestern part of the fire to extinguish hot spots and flare-ups with helicopter bucket support as well. Uh, and heavy equipment teams are continuing to build fire guards around any excursions that the fire is taking. So we do have further southeast, we have heavy equipment and firefighters working on fire guards there and reinforcing ignition areas with bucketing support. Uh, so there has been a little bit of uh, activity on the southeast corner and, and crews were removed from the area there because of safety concerns. But there are um, a significant number of uh, resources as far as helicopters, uh, firefighters and heavy equipment all working to reinforce the containment lines to this community. I'll allow Bree to... So the Alberta Emergency Management Agency has field officers, emergency social services uh, supports, as well as uh, community social services support team members that are in close contact with the community offering whatever support and assistance they need. If the community does have additional needs that they do not believe are being met, uh, we will continue to work directly with that community to address any of those concerns and provide the support required. Follow-up question? Um, yeah, I, I, there was at least 27 homes there in uh, East Prairie that were um, destroyed through fire over the past couple of weeks, I guess. Um, does the province feel like they provided enough support to the community uh, since those wildfires uh, began? So the community is still evacuated, and we are providing the community members supports as required with their evacuated in High Prairie. Uh, I can't speak specifically to the damage within the community as we're working with communities to do the damage assessments once they're looking at re-entry. So I won't be able to speak to that specifically, but I will say we do have agency representatives working directly with the community to address needs that come forward. I'll let Christy respond to the rest of that, though. Thanks. Um, I, our number one priority when we're fighting wildfires is preserving human life and communities as well. So there is a lot of uh, attention paid to ensure that every Albertan is safe in a wildfire situation. And certainly uh, firefighters work very hard to ensure that wildfires don't encroach on communities uh, when they can. We work very closely with the municipal firefighters and the community firefighters who work on the structural protection aspect. And we're fighting the fire from the, from the aspect of being forest fire from coming from outside in the forest protection area of Alberta. So it's a team effort to ensure that fire, uh, we do what we can to uh, inhibit the fire from approaching a community, and we work closely with the community on protecting, uh, who are working on protecting the structures. So it is, it is something that we work on closely with every community, and of course, no firefighter wants to see a fire uh, getting into a community, and that's something they work very hard to avoid. Operator, can you put through the next reporter, please?
the next question is from Keith Dryant, Edmonton Journal. Please go ahead. Hi there. Uh, wondering if you could elaborate a little bit more on the rain that's already fallen and what difference it's made. Uh, would you categorize it as significant rain or, or not so significant? And looking toward the forecast for tonight and, and on into Tuesday, um, again, you know, what, what are you expecting there in terms of the heaviness of the rain? Uh, it, it certainly seems to be, you know, this could be a turning point for the firefighters working out there on the fires. We have received rain, I understand, on almost every wildfire that's currently burning in the province, except those in the far north part of the province. So most, the majority of uh, the large-scale wildfires that have been burning um, in Alberta have received some rain uh, since uh, yesterday, which is uh, very good news, of varying amounts, of course. Uh, we want uh, more rain rather than less, but we'll take what we can get. Every bit of ad additional humidity and lower temperatures, which comes along with the rain, that helps firefighters too. It helps to weaken the fire behavior. So even if those uh, wildfires haven't received fire on every part of the fire, it can create conditions that will make it easier for us to fight the fire there. You know, looking ahead, um, many Albertans will be familiar with uh, forecasts are, can change uh, quickly in this province, and certainly we are uh, anticipating the cooler temperatures and the rain that we're seeing to continue tomorrow, and potentially uh, the fuels will be, uh, the, the forest uh, fuels, the uh, vegetation will be collecting that um, that uh, moisture and will make them more resilient uh, in the in the weeks to come. So we are hoping for continuation of that rain for certainly a few more days and looking ahead uh, at the kind of factors that um, affect wildfire, uh, we are seeing those um, calm down uh, anticipated in the next few days. But I couldn't say specifically where we're going to be receiving the most rain. Uh, we'll know when it falls, but it definitely is actually helping the conditions across the province by lowering the temperature and increasing the general humidity. Keith, do you have a follow-up question? Yeah, um, it's probably a question that's way too premature, but wondering what the conditions are that you would need to see before you would consider starting to lift evacuation orders. Thank you for your question. So local authorities are the ones that put the evacuation orders in place and every community has to do an analysis of what hazards are still present, whether or not the wildfire is still the most significant hazard. I think when we have communities that have been out for some time, there are other things to ensure that it's safe to re-enter. So we work closely with uh, local officials to determine when all those hazards have been removed to a point when it's safe for communities to re-enter. And I imagine in the coming days, if if the wildfires get under control and they're able to do those assessments, then there will be more, hopefully, evacuation orders that can be lifted when it's safe to do so. Reporter, um, operator, can you put through the next reporter? And the next question is from Alison McKinnon, CTB Edmonton. Please go ahead. Hi, thanks so much for taking my call. Uh, I believe yesterday we were told that 100 uh, more members of the military would be arriving. Did that happen, and where are they currently being deployed? I'll turn that over to Christy. Uh, 
Uh, thanks for your question. Yes, uh, they did start working uh, yesterday. We now have 400 members of the Canadian Armed Forces on the ground. Um, I'm afraid I don't have it in front of me exactly where they are uh, today, but they are um, assisting us with basic firefighting uh, responsibilities, and that includes helping to put the fire out on the ground in areas where the head of the fire has already passed, where it's seeing lower activity. So they're digging uh, through uh, hot spots and extinguishing them, which is the work that we need to do to reinforce some of the fire guards that we're building near communities. So this is essential work, and it is important that we have the ability to to move uh, firefighters where they're needed. So when we have areas that have uh, have seen lower fire activity, where there's control being gained on a fire, uh, and those resources are needed elsewhere, we have the ability to move them. But um, I can uh, we can let you know by email where exactly those resources are assigned. Thanks. Do you have a follow up question, Allison? I do. Um, is this an adequate an amount of uh, military members and uh, firefighter services from other counties? Like, is the province still looking to get more on the ground? We do have uh, requests in through all of our partner agencies that we work with for additional assistance. I think I've, I've said before, you know, this is a, um, a long-term project here. This is a marathon, not a sprint, and we need to plan ahead to be able to uh, continue to fight these large-scale wildfires. Many fires of this size um, will certainly not be extinguished after a few days of rain. They will take sustained action for a significant amount of time, and boots on the ground doing that work uh, extinguishing hotspots and going through the entire area burned of some of these large-scale fires to ensure that there's no new areas that could flare up and, and provide additional um, uh, wildfire threat. So this is a long-term project for us, and we need to plan for that. So we do have resource requests in through all of our partner agencies to bring in additional help uh, when we need it in the long term. Operator, can you put through the next reporter? Next question is Sarah Reed, Global. Please go ahead. Hi there. Um, thanks for taking my question. I'm just wondering, you mentioned it earlier, just talking a little bit about the resiliency of the forest. Um, we're obviously talking about rain now, but given how dry it's been so far, um, obviously no crystal ball, but do you have concerns about um, what, uh, how many fires we could see as the summer goes on, given the conditions um, in the forest now with limited rain? I can tell you we have we have different things that we measure uh, when we're measuring fire danger. When I come here and tell you that the fire danger is extreme uh, in Alberta, that's a result of a number of different things that we're looking at. And one of those things is the forest fuels. And we measure the different heaviness of, uh, of the different um, forest fuels and how dry they are. So there are some that will fluctuate uh, with one day of rain, and all of a sudden uh, the, the indices will show that, that it's, uh, it's, it's much lower fire danger. But then you have those larger, heavier fuels that need several uh, days or even weeks of moisture in order to lower the indices and reduce that danger. So it's certainly uh, there were some things that will react right away 
to a bit of rain, and there are others that will take uh, a longer amount of time. And so as far as uh, the longer the, the rain lasts, uh, the better uh, our chances are of, of reducing the general wildfire risk. But certainly um, it is possible to rebound after just a, a small amount of rain. Sarah, do you have a follow-up question? Yeah, um, just with regards to the sustained effort that you mentioned about boots on the ground um, and going through the burned areas, um, will sort of extinguishing those hot spots, um, will that kind of make those areas, I mean, they're burnt, but uh, make those areas a little bit more resilient? Um, or are there fears that due to the dryness that could also flare up again? Or will essentially the, the efforts that are being made in those areas be enough to sort of keep them from flaring up um, in the future? If that makes sense. Well, if an area has been burnt through already, it's uh, very unlikely to burn again because it, uh, what, what makes the fire react will have already been used up by the flames going through uh, that area. But certainly there are something that a lot of people don't know inside the perimeter of a fire. Uh, not everything inside a wildfire perimeter is black. There are many areas of green. Uh, fire moves in unusual ways, and it won't consume everything inside its perimeter. So there is always the potential, one of the reasons we go through and work on extinguishing hotspots, there is the potential that uh, a, a smoldering ember will get picked up and, and uh, will be able to ignite something else already inside the, the perimeter of a wildfire. So that is one of the things that they're doing when they're extinguishing these hotspots. They're making sure that those embers are out, just like you do with a campfire. They're, they're turning it over. They're adding water. They're, they're breaking up the embers to make sure that those are, are out. So it's painstaking work, but it is very important work as far as keeping wildfires um, on a low behavior or bringing them to extinguish. Operator, can you put through the next reporter? The next question is from Wendy Cox, Golden Mail. Please go ahead. Hi, thanks for taking my call. And I apologize if you um, addressed this uh, at the opening. I missed the first few minutes. Um, we've been talking to people in Calgary and Edmonton who are saying they're really struggling with the smoke. Um, can you give me an idea of how long the smoke is expected to blanket some of these major centers and what um, what tips you may have for people. Bree, <laughs> um, I'll just touch on the uh, on the smoke. Um, we we have already seen a, a little bit of a, a smoke alleviating uh, in Edmonton, and I think some areas smoke is very changeable. And if you're interested on on the source of the smoke and and how it's moving, you can see it on websites such as FireSmoke.ca, uh, which will let people watch a, a live. Um, uh, timeline of how smoke is moving throughout the province. Um, I couldn't predict exactly when it will be that the smoke will lift completely. Um, weather patterns are very changeable, of course, um, but if people want to keep track of that, it is a good idea to have a look on that site and they can see when the smoke uh, will pass over and through their communities. I'll allow uh, Bree can touch on some of that. 
Thanks. In regards to smoke risks for people, we want to specifically think about those that have uh, health conditions that make them more susceptible to related illnesses. So people with respiratory issues or otherwise, or people that are maybe medically frail or other pieces, we would just encourage people to go to albertahealthservices.ca for some really good tips on how to avoid uh, smoke distress and how to keep themselves safe. There's a number of good tips from medical professionals there that you can have a look at. Wendy, do you have a follow-up question? No, I'm good. Thank you so much. Thank you, Wendy. Operator, are there any other reporters with questions? Uh, There are no more questions at this time. Thank you very much. That concludes today's update. We will do this again tomorrow at 3 p.m., and there will be a media situation report distributed later today. Thank you.